lay back, it's all been done before. And if you could only let it be, you would say, I like you the way you are. When we're driving in your car and you're talking to me one on one, but you become somebody else around everyone else. You're watching your back like you can't relax. You're trying to be cool. You look like a fool to me. Gets me frustrated. Life's like this. You fall and you crawl and you break and you take what you get and you turn it into. Honestly, you promise me I'm never gonna find you fake it. No, no, no. How are you guys doing? This is Mo Classo with my uh, episode with the ep- with I think it's episode number fifty. If I'm not mistaken, of the Just Nobody podcast, and thank you so much for tuning in. Really appreciate it as always. Come on, like you know, I always feel, I always feel like literally, I always feel like, why do people, why do I really get those hits on my app, uh, on my podcast? And then I just try to kind of figure it out, uh, stuff like that. So do tell me, you know, if you're listening, if you listen to the whole podcast. Uh, episodes or any episode that you've heard and you kind of want to tell me why you really listen to the Just a Nobody podcast, please write to me at Just a Nobody podcast at gmail.com. That's my email address because I would like to know, you know, um, feedback is good, is always good because it just helps you get better uh, no matter what it is. Uh, like uh, uh, it it just uh, whether it is an, uh, whether it is a feedback, uh, constructive feedback, I'm not saying negative, but constructive feedback, you know, wherein I could, uh, there are some areas where I could improve. I mean, you're just welcome to write to me at uh, podcast gmail.com. Of course, you can DM me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at M-E-A-R-L-C-O-L-A-C-O. That's my handle. Um, so, um, how are you guys doing here? I mean... Um, it's uh it's almost the middle of august uh, uh so we can say we're very close to the new year uh, to the to the end of this year uh hopefully uh next year won't be as cruel as uh, uh 2020 really was or is i must say because we're still in that year um really not a good it was like really i mean uh you know uh, i know it's overreacting it sounds like you know it's just dramatic you know it just sounds dramatic it was it sounded dramatic when people said you know 2020 is so bad when it was in the month of march when it was in the month of june uh or until june like you know march april may okay fine i get it if if you tell someone you're being too dramatic because of this uh, quarantine or the pandemic thing that happened but when it went beyond may uh may it was like this is going too long you know uh and then uh no one i don't think anyone is being dramatic if they say 2020 was worst year uh in most of our lifetimes uh i think so because uh you know it's uh, it's this pandemic has happened like once in 100 years 
like it happened in whichever uh, 18 uh, 1918 or was it 1918 yeah 1918 um and it was 100 years uh, a century ago so it's most of us who are alive today it's it's a once in a lifetime thing you know so um uh, so that's a level. Uh, uh, you you don't blame anybody if they say it's uh, you know you, uh, you don't don't tell anybody that you're being dramatic if they they say that 2020 was the worst year. It it is the worst year. It was. It's going to be. It was the worst year at least till now. But I don't know how 2021 is going to be like. You know we can't uh, we can't say anything. I mean just let's uh, let's see what happens. My level of fan pandemic. I've started smiling at birds. Like I just look at a bird and I kind of smile. I don't see a smile back, and I kind of give it a benefit of doubt that it doesn't smile back because it has a very hard beak. A beak is just like the lips. You know lips of. Uh, of human beings so they don't have lips so they can't smile and i give it a benefit of doubt okay you're not smiling back because hey man you got hard a hard beak you know it's no way that you can uh you can kind of uh you can kind of smile back you know when i smile at you so that's that's fine i kind of give it a benefit of doubt but that's my uh, that's the level of the pandemic that i have reached you know where i've started smiling at birds i go outside like every evening my walk little bit jog um, and uh, um uh, those those are the only uh, things that i get to see you know um because birds it's summer and uh, birds are all around the place so i do smile when i see a bird expecting that it will smile back but uh, then i understand you know come on you got a hard beak it's not possible and then uh, yesterday i was like uh, uh, i wanted to eat crabs so badly this week like you know uh like i wanted to eat crabs i wanted to kind of buy crabs and cook it uh so but i know like my mom always uh, kind of she bought live crabs and then I remember, you know, uh, she bought live crabs and then she killed it. Like, you know, uh, like she broke something and then uh, they died. Yeah, so it was in the sink. They all were there. And then uh, she broke something and those, those uh, crabs died. But they say that there are many people who also, like, you know, one of my, uh, one of my friends uh, at their home, uh, they buy live crabs and they uh, put it in a in the refrigerator like freezer um overnight such that the brain of the uh, of crabs you know it freezes and they die that way so it's a lot of suffering don't you think like and i was like oh my god that is so bad and then he tells me that this is not as bad as boiling uh crabs in hot water because that is more painful now whatever 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 way has been used you know some people of course buy uh, crabs that are uh killed and they bring it home at my home uh we bought live crabs and then we killed it not by boiling it in hot water or freezing its brain overnight uh, in in the freezer but it was just you know kind of breaking something and then it kind of uh, died and then there are those so there are different you know what type of uh, what type of a person are you there are different kind of kinds of people you know you can do one thing in a different way you can enjoy crabs uh but the way you kind of make it can be different so like there are some people who buy dead crabs and then they're cooking it there are some people who buy live crabs but kill it on the spot and then then they cook it there are some people who kind of put it in the freezer 
freeze its brain overnight and then cook it the next morning or afternoon whatever and there are some people who boil it in boiling water so whatever type of person it is i think all four methods of really uh cooking crabs is so painful man especially the boiling of crabs like imagine just getting boiled in hot water like you know hey man that's painful that's really painful i can't imagine and then that new technique of putting it in in the in the freezer and freezing its brain hey man what's happening guys what's happening but then you can't say anything because i love crabs and uh uh that's how you're supposed to, how you're going to eat live uh live animals or live anything like i eat fish i'm i'm not a vegetarian no way i can't be a vegetarian so even if i'm eating fish they're getting killed of course after they've been taken out of water now crustaceans i think at least fish you know you take them out of water and they're dead but crustaceans like uh, these crabs and all and these lobsters i think they have a real painful death man it's really painful putting them in hot water and all that and cooking them can't imagine but anyways you need to put yourself in that box so what a what type of a person are you you know uh in that group of uh, uh i would say i'm a uh, bring those crabs live and uh kill them on the spot at home you know um i'm that kind of a person because i was i grew up in that kind of home so maybe i belong to that category anyways there's some really good news about the pandemic uh, when it comes uh, when it comes to three places i believe new zealand fiji and uh, vietnam now i don't know where fiji is never seen it on the map but i believe it's an island uh, somewhere towards the north of new zealand that's what i kind of googled to find out where fiji is to be very honest i didn't know where it was and um, so it's basically an island of course new zealand is also an island and uh, vietnam is also kind of you know uh, a water body next to a water body so i believe you know uh, if you go to see uh, they say uh, they've gone 100 days without any community transmission especially in new zealand uh, the prime minister jacinta ardern uh she's brilliant i like her yeah she's really good um you know she makes you believe that um you know there is a difference uh, uh in um if you bring if a woman is leading uh leading you know is has a leadership role or is running a country i think she makes the right decision she she makes you believe that you know uh um women can do a good job i like her i like jacinta ardern so she says of course that you know new zealand has gone 100 days without any any community transmission of the virus which is great news and i agree you know of course uh, it's much easier like new zealand fiji and uh, vietnam it's definitely much easier to to control the virus because they are islands okay so it's very easy to kind of do have border control measures uh kind of uh, take take all those measures it's so easy to kind of prevent community transmission uh uh because it's an island it's less populated like new zealand has a population of 4.8 million people vietnam has a population of 95.5 million people and fiji has a population of 800,000 people so it's really less as compared to india which has 
are nearly 1 billion people. China, which has nearly 1 billion people. The United States, which has more than 300 million people. So, you know, these, these are just fractions of populations that New Zealand, Vietnam and Fiji have. And maybe, you know, uh, giving them uh, giving them a benefit of that good leadership. I'm not saying that they're really good. But of course, hey, man, they've got a they've got very less people to really uh, uh, as a population they're an island which makes it much easier to have those border control measures and have and reduce this community transmission so that's definitely you know uh, you can't compare it with uh, other populated countries because it really becomes difficult but you got to give it to uh, New Zealand because uh, for uh, for the other steps that it has taken, you know, besides, of course, border control, which is easy for them, and community transmission measures, which is easy for them, but they've taken other steps as well, which other, any other country should should be able to, you know, uh, do it. For example, the case, uh, uh, the, the control, the contact tracing that they've done, uh, which is digitalized, I believe, uh, they're testing people very efficiently, uh, this screening asymptomatic people, which is not done in many of the countries. And, you know, that is something we can emulate and, and they, they should be congratulated for that. Uh, so things like, you know, health and well-being and economic support that New Zealand is giving to its people, commendable and other countries can easily follow and at least be uh, uh, in line with this. Of course, it's not possible to have uh, 100% border control measures and community transmission measures to get 100% uh, you know to be uh, to be to do as well as New Zealand Fiji or Vietnam can do because they are islands they can easily do it you know it's easy but contact tracing and tracing asymptomatic people thinking about the health well-being and economic giving economic support to people you know uh, increasing public information uh, campaigns, you know, telling people that mandating wearing masks or uh, taking those precautions, you know, um, they also uh, did a lot of well-being uh, initiative for the people, initiative for the people, which is uh, great uh, debt and um, contract, uh, the, uh, this contract relief that they gave to people who lost their jobs, etc. So, uh, so they have done a few things that the rest of the world can do, you know, populated world can do. Um, like taking care of their financial needs, which is so important, uh, making sure that they are, uh, they, are they, 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 they continuously get information about the precautions that they can take, health information, running campaigns, etc. Now that is any, anybody can do. And the best part is trust, you know. People in New Zealand, they trust their leader. Whatever she says, they believe in her. There's no f political fight, you know. There are no two parties and they're not fighting among themselves. So they believe in their leader, which is so important, trust. And they're, everything, every action that they take is science-based, which is another great thing uh, that we can emulate from, from these islands, you know, um, apart from the other things that they can easily do based on the population that they have and being an island, which is much easier, but envy them really. Um, another important aspect that I was just reading about was uh, New Zealand has added the, uh, while reopening, you know, it's reopening strategy, QR codes, uh, which is um, which is the quick response codes, uh, has been a very important aspect of uh, their reopening strategies like reopening museums, 
games, shopping malls, elevators, restaurants, motor shows, retail, shops, uh, nightclubs and bars and, um, and Disneyland. So, uh, so these can be uh, the QR code uh, codes like amusement parks, I mean, have been used very effectively in New Zealand and I believe even in South Korea. Uh, now, South Korea made the decision to introduce the Q, the quick response codes, the QR codes, uh, because you know they had this. Uh, uh, the, the there was this, you know, while they were reopening, like uh, not South Korea, they opened bars and clubs and things like that. So when uh, when a club had registered, uh, a club I believe was packed with around five thousand people. And uh, out of which it was soon detected after a few days that 19 people te- were people were tested positive. Now at that time they didn't have the QR codes, you know, where you can scan uh, scan the QR code, which is like a barcode on your phone, uh, and your personal information is generated, you know, into a list. But uh, at that time they were manually taking entries, like people uh, if they went to that club, they had to manually write their names, the telephone number, contact details, etc., so that if anything goes wrong if anyone's tested positive they can call them and tell them that you know you're at risk so you're at risk go and just quarantine but uh, what happened is uh, at this club in south korea many people faked their contact details so out of 5000 people who attended 3000 of them actually gave false details so out of these 19 positive cases that they that they found at this club they wanted to contact all those 5,000 people telling them that, hey, man, uh, you are at risk because there were many positive coronavirus positive cases and you need to be going on the quarantine. But uh, when they contacted those 5,000 people, then 3,000 of them, the numbers were incorrect. So people were lying about their contact details. But with QR code, you can't lie because you've got to download the app. You've got to enter your information. Uh, your personal information and uh, so the reopening strategy I believe QR codes would play a very important role where if you're entering say for instance uh, McDonald's you know and McDonald's has this QR code poster outside you got to download the app swipe it through scan it through the um, the, uh, the the poster which is at the shop and then all your contact details are kind of uh, uh, stored you know, which is not stored at the location. So McDonald's doesn't have your information, but it's stored at the central database, which is the health ministry. Some uh, In South Korea, this health ministry was having this information. So, uh, and of course they say it's encrypted. So there's, uh, it's going to be private. Uh, there's not going to be any privacy issue and things like that. So I don't know. Uh, uh, that's a reopening strategy that most people are recommending so uh that's going to be a thing and um so if south korea for instance at that at when the that that club you know where five thousand people attended if they instead of having a handwritten uh handwritten entry of people of those five thousand people uh, if they had this qr code at that time you know they would immediately contact all five thousand of them and tell them to quarantine because they they were at risk. So that's something that uh, I believe uh, South Korean uh, Korea has learned and they've implemented it. And I believe uh, New Zealand has also used that. And I think that's a very important aspect of their hundred days of f- 
community free transmissions there's there's no transmission of the virus for 100 days which is great qr codes was another aspect that new zealand also used so it's just like you know uh, apart from that of course they've used mask which is a mandate you got to wear it uh, no one's fighting no one's arguing and that like some some people around the world are doing it which is weird like you know you just kind of make a fuss about wearing a mask and make it political hey man hey man don't make everything political you know this is health don't mix health with a public policy uh, po- politics i mean don't mix health policy help with politics so uh it, it's just you know you need to have a you have need to have the trust in the leadership i believe that's the that's the uh, that's the key to it basically so i was thinking of george floyd you know uh, for a bit and i um, you know how uh, people rallied for george floyd and uh, it, the main issues that people were you know the george floyd incident was so visual you know it was recorded people saw it i didn't see it for the first few days because i couldn't see someone yelling like i can't i can't see something like that i can't it's like you know you just kind of uh, you hunted a guy down it's like you you it was like uh, it was like an planet you know where uh, uh, i can't even see uh, the hunting uh, among uh, when animals hunt each other of course that is what they need to do it's a life cycle but i didn't i didn't see george floyd's death like you know the way he was just a knee was put on his uh, neck and he got killed so that was very painful i didn't see it for a few days but john i was thinking about it how george floyd's um, death literally uh, literally opened our eyes towards uh, you know uh, many people many people were left stunned like uh, many people uh went into depression many people were had a lot of anxiety after watching what happened to George Floyd it was like um it was like you know it uh, i just remembered uh, the silence of the lambs movie uh, i'm i'm sure most of you watched it where uh, you know this fbi agent is in search of this uh, serial killer and uh, the fbi agent displayed by jody foster and uh, so she she reaches out to uh, she reaches out to a psychiatrist who's played by Anthony Hopkins uh, Dr Lecton Lecter I believe yeah Lecter and uh, so she she use, she tries to ask the psychiatrist like you know who's this person and she takes help from him, help from him but this is excellent scene you know about uh, you know you we all want to know why the movie is called the silence of the lambs now uh, so this is an excellent scene where you know uh, uh, where this fbi agent uh, clarice played by jody foster she's asking uh, anthony hopkins uh, that is the psychiatrist uh, dr lecter uh, played by anthony hopkins that who is this murderer you know who's this kidnapper who's the serial killer tell me something about him and why is he doing such a thing because now this serial killer he to he kind of kidnapped women uh, plus size women that is women uh, of size 14 and above and he kind of skin skin them uh, alive 
and uh, my god the movie is so scary it's really scary i'm sure you all all have seen it but you know it this george floyd incident right it kind of reminded me about uh, i kind of can relate it with the silence of the lambs because uh because uh, so you know in this scene like in this scene uh uh when jo when uh, clarice the fbi agent is asking uh the psychiatrist dr lecter the tell me who is he and why is he doing such a thing uh, so dr lecter the psychiatrist uh uh tells clarice that i will not tell you who the killer is until you tell me uh, why you are after this case why do you want to find women you know why why do you want to find why do you want to save these girls uh so uh so clarice the fbi agent tells a story about how she doesn't sleep at night because she she uh, she wakes up with the sounds of uh the lambs the screaming of the lambs uh because when she was a child she uh you know uh, she heard uh, she 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 heard uh, lambs actually actually literal lambs actually screaming because they were slaughtered and uh, she so desperately wanted to save them but as a kid she couldn't save them you know uh and she she kept saying that if i could save at least one of them you know one of those lambs she would not have that nightmare uh and that's a scene that i, I will play it out definitely it's a beautiful scene from the silence of the lambs uh between the fbi fbi agent and the psychiatrist now why i'm talking about it is because i, I can connect it with george floyd incident of how uh that visual element of the way he was killed under a knee actually brought nightmares to many people of dif- of the from different races not only people of color but even everybody all around the world george floyd was an international movement a global movement but people just wondered like you know how racism inequality is so real uh, all around the world you know whether it is color of the skin whether it is your race whether it is your status in society your position your titles etc is so rampant and we didn't get sleep because we were asking for justice for george floyd but we were continuously waking up from a sleep listen you know hearing the screaming of those lambs uh and so desperate that you know george floyd should get justice because if we save george floyd if justice if justice is given to george floyd then maybe we'll sleep we'll have a peaceful sleep we want we want uh you know there's this going this good is going to be like the silence of the lambs they're not screaming and i want to play the scene from um uh from the silence of the lambs between uh between uh the fbi agent and uh anthony hopkins who's playing the psychiatrist brilliant uh it's a brilliant scene and so relatable you know you can relate it to today's world of racism inequality uh the rich getting richer and inequ- you know uh the issues with um, issues with no dignity you know of uh, for people uh because they're poor or um, injustice people not getting the justice that they deserve so it kind of uh the george floyd incident reminded me about this you know it's so important to be able to save some people uh so that we don't listen to the screaming of the lambs like the scene so we'll just play it maybe we talk about it after this
It's your turn to tell me, Clarice. You don't have any more vacations to sell. Why did you leave that ranch? Doctor, we don't have any more time for any of this now. But we don't reckon time the same way, do we, Clarice? This is all the time you'll ever have. Later. Now, please, listen to me. We've only got five... No. I will listen now. After your father's murder, you were orphaned. You were ten years old. You went to live with cousins on a sheep and horse ranch in Montana. And? And one morning, I just ran away. Not just, Clarice. What set you off? You started at what time? Early. Still dark. Then something woke you, didn't it? Was it a dream? What was it? I heard a strange noise. What was it? It was... screaming. Some kind of screaming, like a child's voice. What did you do? I went downstairs, outside. So that that was a scene between uh, a brilliant my god my I've got goosebumps like I have got uh, my hair standing uh, all over my body why because 
the scene is so uh, relatable, especially with the recent incident of George Floyd. Now, Catherine, uh, the the girl that she wants to save as save she wants to save as an FBI agent, is uh, another the serial killer who kind of kidnapped her, um, and she wants to save she wants to save that girl. And like you know, the psychiatrist was asking Anthony Hopkins, ask her that if you think you you do think that if you save her and if you give her justice, you feel you won't get up, uh, you you won't wake up to the awful screaming of the lambs, which is so relatable to George Floyd. You know, I actually couldn't see the whole video that was kind of uh, all over the place. You know, wherein he died screaming, asking for help, that he couldn't breathe. Uh, the knee on his neck actually killed him live in front of everyone. And the whole world actually went out on the streets protesting that we need to give justice to George Floyd because we were not we were not able to sleep. We were always awakened, you know, with this awful screaming of the lambs of racism, injustice, inequality. Um, no dignity the, in the way he which he died. So maybe if we could give justice to just to to George Floyd, maybe if we could just give justice to him, we would wake up to the silence of the lambs. You know, no more screaming of the lambs. So maybe that could be the case. And um, so uh, the George Floyd incident actually uh, reminded me about this movie and this particular scene, which is so brilliantly acted by Anthony Hopkins, the way he stares at Jodie Foster. And I like, uh, uh, I like Clarice, you know, the FBI agent, her accent. It's so West Virginia. So, uh, so if you haven't seen the movie, I would really recommend it. It's a beautiful movie, very eye-opening with uh, the current affairs. And I also want, you know, connect it. Like what's happening in India right now, uh, Sushant Singh Rajput is a Bollywood actor. I talked about him last episode. And there's a rallying cry in India right now. Like no matter what happens, you know, everybody's talking about justice for Sushant Singh Rajput. He's a Bollywood actor, a small town bar boy who came to Bombay, a lot, a big city, a big city like Bombay, uh, where Bollywood lives, where Hindi cinema is made. So he came to Bombay. He made a career on television first, and then he became a big star. But there, there is a lot of controversies, you know, behind uh, Sushant Singh Rajput, who's no longer there. Whether he died uh, by suicide because he was found uh, hanging, uh, and or whether it was murder, whether he was killed and just kind of hung up on the fan. Uh, so uh, there's a lot of conspiracy theories uh, surrounding this uh, and there's a whole media like uh, media kind of I won't say media trial but the whole media is and the people of India are rallying towards giving justice for Sushant Singh Rajput because he's he's a small town town guy you know and uh, it seems uh, he lost a lot of movies uh, and uh, lost a lot of movies to uh, nepotism. So that's the issue that they brought up. So I can kind of relate with Sushant Singh Rajput as someone, you know, where people in India, they believe that if they give justice to Sushant Singh Rajput by proving that, uh, you know, he was killed because there's a lot of conspiracies, there's a lot of evidence as well which signals that. 
So if they kind of can give justice to Sushant Singh Rajput, maybe they all won't wake up to the screaming, to the awful screaming of the lambs. And that's what, you know, um, uh, where people who are, uh, uh, Sushant Singh Rajput was a very down-to-earth guy, uh, a middle-class, lower-middle-class family, but he made it big in the industry, but was sidelined by Bollywood, you know, by the Hindi film industry. Um, and maybe, you know, that's what they feel, that if they, that happens, um, uh the people of India want to wake up to the silence of the lamb because they want to give justice to that guy. The same like George Floyd. We wanted to give justice to him because we felt that, you know, maybe it'll make us feel better. Maybe we won't wake up to the awful screaming of the lambs. And that's a brilliant analogy, you know, which is uh, which was displayed in the movie. And if you've not seen the movie, watch The Silence of the Lambs. It's a brilliant movie. Um, so relevant, you know, in today's... Um, today's world all right so what's happening guys i was just i i i happened to uh i happened to just realize that um many industries like especially the airline industries uh the airline industry is uh planning to reopen and they're kind of enticing people to really fly their airlines by providing a lot of uh, medical benefits, like a COVID, they have a, they have a, sorry, I just burped, okay? I just burped. I'm not going to edit this, man, although I can, but I won't because I want it to come out as it is, you know? Right. So what I'm saying is, um, so many airlines actually are offering this COVID-19 kind of package, uh, like I was, uh, Emirates was one organization which is so desperate, which is so fucking desperate to have uh, people uh, flying their airlines, which I understand, you know, this, it's been almost six months without making any kind of business because everything is stopped. And I get it. I get the point of view. But this loyalty program that Emirates introduced was like a game changer. Like it literally had my jaw dropping and I'm like, hey, man, people actually think like that you know so i get it when uh, emirates says that we all the middle seats would be empty and uh, we'll follow the six distance thing so they'll fly uh, they'll, they'll follow all the guidelines you know you have mask wearing uh, which is going to be mandatory leaving middle seats empty wearing mask health checks at terminals stuff like that then emirates has also introduced uh, gone one step further by having uh, the covid 19 uh a passenger diagnosed with, uh, you know, with COVID-19 during the journey, wherein uh, they also said that they would cover medical expenses just in case someone uh, gets COVID-19 during the journey, like, you know, gets the virus. Um, I believe they're paying around $176,000 uh, for medical expenses to cover the medical expenses per day expenses that is you know for hotel for quarantine uh, costs would be $118 uh, per day for about two weeks because it's 14 days of quarantine so that's another thing Emirates is offering which is which is great I believe it's so huge um, and then what actually surprised me was it's worst case scenario it's like god forbid you know, forget uh, getting the virus or forget about uh, having to quarantine, quarantine, which they're taking care of it. But God forbid you die. 
even a passenger's funeral is going to be taken care of by Emirates. So it's so damn sure. It's like free, 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 free. And they're going to pay about $1,765 uh, for people who who kind of die for passengers. So that was a mind-blowing decision and kind of literally uh, blew my mind, dropped my jaw. And I was like, hey, man, the free, 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 like literally free. You know, I can understand everything else. They're, they're like, you know, leaving middle seats, wearing masks, health, checks at terminals, uh, checking patients for COVID-19, you know, taking care of their medical expenses if they get the virus, uh, having their per day quarantine charges also taken care of. But even now, your funeral expenses will be taken care of, which is great. I mean, that is some advertising strategy that I can't think about like you know it's like you know those uh, cases uh, where in some non-profit organizations they're kind of raising money uh, for people who are hungry some organizations you know i believe uh, uh, they they raise money and so on their television screens you have these ads of poor children uh, you know uh, with flies uh, flies flying near their faces and you know uh I don't like those ads. I just hate ads wherein they ask for funds or they, they're trying to raise money by showing desperation, you know, by showing kids. So, you know, most of them are like, you know, poor kids or uh, getting people out of poverty or uh, feeding kids, etc. They show these kids with flies all around them, which is such a bad sight. I mean, it's not that uh, it may be real. It may be real, but you don't need to raise funds by showing such a desperate situation, you know. So that's what I feel. And that really makes me angry when I see that uh, kind of fundraising ads, you know. So this is what Emirates is doing. It's gone to the extreme loyalty program, you know, where it'll take care of your funeral passengers, funeral as well. I would never fly Emirates because it's gone to this extreme level, you know. Uh, but people do, you know, people are, uh, uh, they do feel when they see an ad, which uh, which is to uh, raise money for the poor or raise money for hungry people. And they see a kid with flies around it or just sitting, you know, uh, sitting around, etc. They'll do it. They'll, they'll, they'll make a donation, you know. So those are the same people who also fly Emirates because they're giving you a passenger's funeral. They're taking care of the passenger's funeral or they have all these medical, medical expenses. I get it. I would fly, you know, uh, and quarantine expenses. But hey, man, if you're telling me you're going to take care of my, f my funeral charges, I'm not flying you. So it just depends on, you know, what type of person. Because if you remember Delta Airlines now, uh, they they were they left from Detroit to Atlanta and they had they had a kind of circle back because two of the passengers on that flight on the Delta flight they refused to wear a mask even after telling them no I'm not going to wear a mask so Delta's uh, guts I think it's good guts that is what you need to do they circled back mid midair they landed back at Detroit and they told these guys. To get out of the uh, get out of the plane, which is brilliant, and I think Delta has gone a step further by also adding about um, these anti-maskers, like you know, I think hundred of them to their new no-fly list, which they can do as private companies legally do it. So now, if anyone you know says they don't want to, uh, like those two people, 
for whom they kind of had to circle back and come back to Detroit before they could fly back to Atlanta, they are in the in Delta's no-fly list. Now, earlier, you know, people, the only people who were on the no-fly list were drug smugglers, smokers, emo, you know, that emotion, that lady who carried, who had this emotional support, Peacock, you know, with her, uh, people like that, you know. But now, even if you don't wear a mask, you can be on a no-fly list. That That's what Delta is doing. Each company has their own policy, but Delta is doing that for sure. So it just depends, you know, uh, uh, what you do about it uh, and how you do it and what, what influences, what makes you feel... Um, or what makes you feel that you should do something, you know, or what, what makes you feel that you, you can make, you want to make a donation or how, how do you really, uh, react to a particular situation is what is important. You know, uh, each one has it, uh, differently. So I was like, you know, like this carrot and stick kind of, uh, policy just got cramps on my leg, man. Oh my God. This is what happens when you sit on the ground, you know. Uh, you tend to get these uh, these cramps. I've got this cramp. Okay, anyway, uh, so, um, like, I was just listening. You know, as you know, I, um, like, I was, uh, I'm a big Bernie Sanders. Uh, I believe in Bernie Sanders. Why? Because the guy, he, he, he talks, he, uh, and I would say I believe more than, anybody listening out there or anybody out there because I can apply Bernie Sanders principles of you know education being a human right healthcare being a human right food being a human right roof over your head being a human right dignity UBI he also supports universal basic income being a human right for everybody I really believe in that concept and Bernie's and uh, Bernie Sanders concept should be applied globally. And that's why I believe more, you know, I'm not now Bernie Sanders an American. His policies are more uh, nationally focused, but this guy, he thinks in a way that is more global. So uh, I won't say I'm a fan of his. I just believe in his ideas and this is brilliant. But uh, the only thing that, you know, I kind of have a problem with, when he starts with going behind the rich. I won't say going behind the rich, but, you know, kind of, uh, uh, yeah, we have 1% of uh, the rich getting richer, etc. But, you know, you uh, like in the recent, like yesterday, he was talking about how he introduced the Make Billionaire Pay Act, wherein uh, billionaires, um, there would be, uh, you know, billionaires like... Uh, the owners of Facebook, Amazon, Microsoft, Twitter, Walmart, you know, who made like and other 467 billionaires, they made about $730 billion during this pandemic period from March to, to March, from March 18th to now, you know, so that's what uh, Bernie Sanders claims, that there are 467 billionaires in America who made $730 billion during the pandemic. During a pandemic, when people uh, are hungry, they can't pay their rents, ha uh, have been losing their jobs, and uh, having a very difficult living in quarantine. But these are billionaires who made huge sums of money. Now, uh, Bernie Sanders has introduced the Make Billionaire Pay Act, which is a one-time payment made by these 467 billionaires 
uh, where they get taxed for 60% of the wealth they made during the pandemic period. So from March 18th to January 1st, 2021, whatever they made, whatever wealth they made during this pandemic period, they should be taxed one-time tax of 60% on whatever income they made during this pandemic. And that's what the Make Billionaire Pay Act that was introduced uh, in the Senate by Bernie Sanders and I believe there are two other senators. Uh, and uh, he seeks for an approval for it. My point is, hey man, you know, these are billionaires who really started small, you know. They, they have just not become billionaires. They have the right tricks. They have the right strategy. They have a right plan that is making things work for them. They're not exploiting the poor, you know. Of course, if they're evading taxes, you know, uh, they should be they should be held accountable. They should be held accountable if they're evading taxes or they're moving the money here and there. But just taxing them because they're wealthy, like, you know, calling it a wealthy billionaire pay act, like it's just weird. Like, you know, it's such a demotivator. Like, say, for instance, tomorrow, a young uh, a young girl somewhere in rural uh, in a rural town, you know, city wants to wants to make it big. She starts uh, an entrepreneur shop in IT, say, for instance. And from there, she becomes a billionaire in the next four to five years. And then you just go behind her, you know, because she made those billions. It's so wrong. It's so demotivating to all those up, the, all those people who want to become entrepreneurs ahead in life, you know. So I feel the Make Billionaire Pay Act is so uh, is so out. Like I cannot really, I can't get it. Maybe I'm wrong. If you think I'm wrong, maybe you can write to me at just a nobody podcast of gmail.com. Please explain it to me because I don't understand this concept of taxing uh, billionaires 60% of the wealth that they made during this pandemic uh, because they made money. You know, they just didn't make money for the heck of by exploiting people. They made money by using the right strategy, by having an a proper plan and the business uh, model and their business basically uh, supported people in this pandemic and that's how people bought their services and that's how they're successful so although i love bernie sanders i love his basic ideas about human rights etc this just doesn't make sense to me it may make make real sense uh out there but it just didn't make sense to me you know and that's why um maybe if you could explain it to me it'd be great i would love to learn because you know i'm always open to ideas so do let me know you know i'm open to learning more uh so that's all that i had for this week um don't forget you can write to me at just a nobody podcast at gmail.com that's my email address you can of course dm me on twitter my twitter handle is m-e-a-r-l-c-o-l-a-c-o and remember, you know, um, uh, just uh, be simple. Don't don't make things complicated. It just gets complicated, and then you know we are all uh, it's all messed up kind of thing. But of course, it's a difficult time out there. Pandemic. It's not over yet. Is it going to be the end of the year, man? I'm going to go mad if it's going to be towards the end, till the end of the year. You know. Um, 
Are we ready to take the vaccine? I have no idea. I would not be the first in line. You know, in this in this marketing strategy, you know, when you're selling a new product, I'm not the person who really buys the product in the first go. I'll wait to see for uh, feedback. I'll wait for customer feedback on a new product and then I'll use it. Same with the vaccine. I'm not going to be the person who's going to take the vaccine for the f- uh the first in line. So I'm going to see what the feedback is, you know, of people who are taking it, friends, family, I don't know, whatever, and then I'll take it. So I'm that kind of a buyer, you know. Uh, I don't know about you, but uh, I don't think I'm going to be first in line running for the vaccine. But anyways, that's all that I had. I wanted to play the song by, uh, you know, in this, uh, uh, since I talked about Sushant Singh Rajput, the guy from Bollywood, who uh, there's a huge cry for justice for him because many people think that he was killed and it was not suicide. A lot of evidences that are circulating, but no one really knows. Now, this was his last movie, you know, and this is a song from his last movie. He's dancing. He's just acting. Uh, The song, he didn't sing the song. He's not a singer, but he's an actor. So I just want to play this, a little bit of this, and then I'll come back on the other side. Yeah, just, uh, this is Sushant Singh Rajput from the movie Dil Bichara. I'll I'll, uh, share the link uh, in my notes. Here it is. beautiful song handsome guy man really good looking it's sad that he just uh, kind of finished gone out because the guy had so many dreams only 33 years old and he's just no more uh yeah justice for uh sushant singh rajput so that all those people really feeling the pain of his death they don't wake up with an awful screaming of the lambs and they feel okay you know if this guy finally gets justice um that's all that i have for this week thank you so much for listening guys i really appreciate it don't forget to tune in next time whenever i do my episode mostly sunday or monday uh, is when i kind of release my episode uh and uh thank you so much baby bye 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 bye